Welcome back to The Functional Creative, episode 10. My name's Jay Rizika. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. I don't know if I have the uh, the ability to welcome you to 2022. I don't know that I've earned it. I've only been here uh, a few hours now. It's, it is New Year's Day that I'm recording this. I don't know if I've earned the seniority of, of welcoming you to 2022, but we have made it. We've made it to this year. I'm very excited to see what the Functional Creative will do this year. I'm very excited to see what you'll do this year. You've got some stuff that you're working on, don't you? This year, the last two weeks have been weird because I'm, I usually put out a podcast every Friday. The Functional Creative comes out every Friday at 8 a.m. on Spotify, on Anchor. And I, the last two weeks, I haven't done anything with podcasting. And it feels, it feels weird. <laughs> you know, I've been itching to get back, so I'm, I'm really excited to get back to this. And now we're in the double digits with episode 10. So I feel like we're starting to pick up a little bit of momentum. And I just really wanted to like dive in to a guest right away. I thought about doing the imposter syndrome episode, which is coming up. I thought about doing that for episode 10. But you know, we didn't have a guest last time. I just wanted to be able to jump into some topics and I really wanted to talk to my friend, J.C. Stewart. J.C. is a podcaster, filmmaker. He's one of the important people with the Boston Screenwriters Group. He does a whole lot, and I want to talk about really all of it, but I really want to talk about podcasting with him. Because how often do you get to discuss podcasting on a podcast. I mean, yeah, I can do the whole thing where I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm tearing back the curtain and telling you that I'm recording this on New Year's Day, even though you're hearing this six days from now, which by the way, hello, future. Um, this is past Jay from New Year's Day. Hopefully we're still as optimistic about 2022 as we were when, when I recorded this. JC is a podcaster. He started his podcast last year during the pandemic. I want to talk about his process. That's the thing that I'm interested in the most is people's process because I have a way of doing things. But I also know that just because I do things a certain way doesn't mean it's the best way to do it. So I feel like when you hear about others' process or their workflow, sometimes that is beneficial to what you're trying to do. It's beneficial to kind of pick up little pieces of things that might make your life easier, which I guess is kind of what this podcast is about. You, you might ignore 95% of what I say, but there might be that 5% that you're like, oh, but that's kind of interesting. I want to chase that a little bit. So I think that I want to talk about podcasting with JC. I really want to know how he's making it happen. I want to know about the challenges that he faces with a podcast. Starting a podcast during the pandemic has to be difficult, not only for the process, just because so many people these days have a podcast. It's, it's not, you know, we have no shortage of podcasts in 2022. I'm sure he's had some struggles there. I want to talk about that as well. And I really just want to jump into this because I haven't done this in two weeks and I'm very antsy about it. So without further ado, filmmaker, podcaster, JC Stewart. So now it's 2022 and 2021 is over. Are there any movies that you saw in 2021 that are kind of favorites for you? Oh, wow. There's so many. Um, <laughs> it's a loaded question for you because you watch a lot of movies. 
I do. That's the thing. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's both a uh, it's both a joy and a curse because whenever someone asks, uh, there's always like about fifty on the top of my head that I could recommend. But I'll go with could go with uh, French Dispatch. Uh, I actually played at uh, the theater I work at. Um, it's probably my favorite of of the fall. Sort of the newest Wes Anderson. It's not going to be for everyone, of course. Uh, as uh, if you're if you've grown tired of the of the filmmakers' uh, whimsical style, I think that's uh, this is not going to change anything for you. This is about as uh, Wes Anderson as Wes Anderson can get. So, uh, but it's done across uh, three different sort of stories about these uh, escapades and. Um, 1950s France, so it's out there a little bit, but uh, I, I was uh, it was uh, it was dramatic when it needs to be. It was funny when it needs to be. Yeah, it's uh, it's everything you come to expect expect from the filmmaker and his uh, cast of characters. What was your favorite movie that you saw yesterday? <laughs> like, I feel like you watch so many movies, and I feel like I in the year. Yeah, see. man. You know, I used to watch. I used to keep a list, I still do, I guess, uh, of all the movies that I would watch in a year. And it used to be like 200 movies. And then I've noticed over the last few years, it's been like 30 to 60. And I don't feel very good about that. But I think to a lot of people listening, like they're like 30 to 60, like, wow, you watch a lot of movies. That's crazy. But like, you know, for people who really like to watch movies, I mean, you've done it. You've put on like maybe three movies in a day at times. Like You just really can can tear through them quite often do you ever get like tired of watching movies or ever like i need a break give me something completely different for a few days it has been known to happen um it has been, but uh generally yes i do like to fit in as much as possible but uh, to end the year uh you know we're recording this uh just right on new year's day uh to end the year i ended it with uh licorice pizza uh the oh, nice. news from uh, paul thomas anderson sort of this coming of age uh, story very strange I mean, not not sort of your tip prototypical sort of coming of age story uh, growing up in the uh, uh, San Fernando Valley in 1973 uh, sort of the uh, summer escapades of uh, this um, of this uh, former child star in this uh, photographer's assistant that he befriends played by Alana Ham uh, hey I am sorry of the uh, high am band yeah it was a great it's a, it's a great way to it was a great way to end the year kind of a perfect sort of Nice, strange, bizarre, bizarre, but uh, sort of very life-affirming sort of deal. And, uh, uh, you know, of, of course, I'm kind of in the, um, I'm already in the sort of the uh, preaching of the choir because, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson is my, one of my favorite filmmakers going right now. Um, I'm, uh, I always like getting on his wavelength uh, whenever he releases something. Uh, you know, you have everything from, you know, he started his career with huge crowd pleasing sort of uh, epics like Boogie Nights and Magnolia. But now he's gone uh, much more uh, differently than I thought that, that his career would go. It's sort of these very uh, insular sort of character studies that uh, that keep on rewarding upon thinking about them and rewatching them. And that's always that's a great help to a filmmaker's sort of longevity with me. Now, you're a filmmaker. You're a big fan of, of film and cinema in general. And that of course, led you to your own podcast. So talk to me about script to screen, but like, this is kind of like, like meta right now. Like we're talking about podcasts on podcasting. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh, sure. Why not? Let's go meta because I mean, uh, everyone and their grandmother now, I'm sure has a podcast <laughs> right, or something. Right. Um, you know, it's a thing to do right now. Um, you know, it's, it's really has been a, a great uh, addition to most people's lives, uh, you know, during this uh, pandemic. Uh, I think I mentioned already uh, the, uh, or we already mentioned it off air before we started about the, the screenwriting group that I run. 
the Boston Screenwriters Group. It's a bunch of screenwriters, but we have other different filmmakers that uh, pop in and out and uh, that join in and uh, try to do, give sort of their own sort of thoughts on the, the scripts that we uh, that are turned in and uh, we peer review. Someone submits a script and then we send it out and then we make sure that the reader members that sign up for a, a certain event uh, are, are able to get it beforehand. And so they uh, read it, gather the thoughts, and then uh, we come in together and then we sort of go over what we liked about the scripts, uh, what was mo- what most resonated with us, and, and but the most important, uh, the needs for improvement, critiques and everything. And, uh, and that's all to say that my uh, co-organizer, Kenyatta Hoskins, and I decided to finally try to promote the group a little bit better. And the best way we figured, uh, you know, uh, last year, start a podcast, I, as I'm sure many others uh, joined in too. But yeah, so script to screen, um, it's very loosely, um, it's not, we don't like to structure it uh, very much. It's really whatever uh, movie is sort of uh, in the public awareness right now, whether that's because of a recent release or uh, a recent release streaming or theatrical or what have you. And so, yeah, we just we had in another sort of a post that uh, brings sort of uh, his, his, he's great. He's a Mark Liddell. He's a Boston area educator. And he brings in his sort of his own sort of uh, perspective on things, on, on movies, media and other topics. And uh, yeah, we just sort of have a conversation. It's just not, there's no real structure to it. We sort of bring in, uh, you know, whether it's a singular movie or a group of movies that we decide beforehand, uh, we come in and then we just, uh, we just chat. Like it's not, it's, uh, there's no real sort of real agenda to anything. We just sort of, uh, what we, what we want to talk about, uh, so it, uh, sometimes that branches into other topics and uh, other things, really. But yeah, you know, uh, definitely check us out if that sounds like sort of. Uh, I, I know, uh, especially movie podcasts are are a hot thing right now. Uh, yeah. Definitely, you know, you know, yeah, we try to, to give you something a little bit different than just sort of the normal rundown of hey, what did we like it, did we not like it, or uh, yeah. But uh, hopefully, you yeah, you'll give a you'll check us out too. It's funny how different it is, and people get probably tired of me talking about this, but I started my first podcast called The Everything Film Show back in 2009, so it was obviously a very different time period for podcasts. I started the podcast because there was only a really a two or three good film podcasts that existed during that time. They had like Film Junk, which I really enjoyed at that time. There was a few others, but in 2009, there wasn't a whole lot of film podcasts. And I feel like the challenges that I had back then and that my co-host Jeff Burns and Mark Bazula had back then was that you couldn't get people to listen to podcasts because it just wasn't something, it wasn't popular. It was like podcasts were the thing that you did if you couldn't cut it in radio. You know, like, oh, he's not good enough to be on the radio, so he has a podcast. It was a very different world. So the audio quality wasn't the way it is now, the means to reach people isn't what it is now. But I think now has its own challenges, right? Now everybody has a podcast, so it's so oversaturated. It's very difficult to stand out. What are some of the challenges that you've had launching a podcast over the last year that are making you frustrated? Because everyone has challenges while starting a new endeavor. What's your challenge that you face with this podcast? Oh, well, I think you outlined it uh, all there. It's just, um, especially with anything having to do with uh, movies, you know, uh, I'm sure, as I'm sure you don't need to me to tell you or probably even this, uh, your listening audience of how many, you know, movie related or media related, uh, you know, podcasts talking about, uh, you know, the movie of the day or, you know, favorite movies or what ha- or anything of that nature. 
So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really hard to sort of uh, stick out and you have to find, you know, your niche, you have to find, you know, mm. uh, what do you do? What do you do better than, or, well, no, what do you not, maybe not necessarily better. What do you do differently than other? Uh, and so, um, and to be honest, I haven't even quite figured out what script to screen, how, if it, how different it is from other podcasts. Uh, the, the other ones I've listened to, the ones that at least I like, um, you know, the, uh, the Roger Deakins podcast, uh, which unfortunately is a little bit on hiatus because, uh, you know, the, the great Roger Deakins is uh, working right now. So, of course, he doesn't have time to. But um, it, it really is just a, you know, when Roger Deakins brings in, you know, a, a screenwriter or another or a fellow cinematographer, it's just it really is just a conversation between the two of them. And they're talking about the industry and, you know, all the all the, all the, all the uh, behind the scenes stuff, which is awesome. Every single time uh, Roger Deakins goes off on a story about, you know, on, uh, when he was working with the Coen brothers or working with um, uh, Denis Villeneuve most recently. Uh, it's awesome. Like he, he's uh, he's a storyteller, both with the lens and with his voice. Like uh, it really is uh, just a great listen to. So that, that's just basically how I kind of modeled uh, script to screen. It's just a conversation between uh, the three of us or the four of us, if we can have the guest. And, you know, uh, maybe that's not what most people want. You know, they want uh, movie news or something like that. And yeah, well, I mean, we'll get into movie news sometimes on the on our shows. But uh, by and large, we like to stick to uh, the movie we're talking about. or Again, the uh, groups of movies, the kinds of movies that we're talking about at the moment. But uh, uh, again, I have such a good time with it that it's sort of like that's, uh, you know, yeah, it'd be nice if we had a larger audience, you know, as with everything, if we were more successful, you know. At the same time, I just have such a great time with it. I think my co-hosts also have a great time just coming in and just talking movies for, you know, an hour or two hours whenever we record that, uh, you know, it's kind of um, secondary, you know, marketing it out and, and, you know, finding our audience, you know, even, but again, yeah. uh, So uh, hopefully we do. And hopefully, you know, uh, same to you that uh, we're able to find our niche. We're able to find our audience, uh, you know, what, and what our audience expects of us, you know. I'm glad you talked about that because I actually discussed that exact topic in an earlier podcast that you need to narrow down what you do creatively. You can't be like the jack of all trades all the time because sometimes, you know, that's, it it ends up hurting you. And I remember when I was doing my first podcast and you know, Jeff Burns a bit, so you can talk to him about this, but we did everything, which was the wrong idea. We did a three hour podcast every week. We would start off with just what was going on in our lives, which no one cared about. And then we would discuss movie news we would get into at least one, if not two, movie reviews. We would do a weekly top five and then another, like, movie game, you know, like, uh, character cage match. Or you'd have two movie characters square off and each person had to choose their, you know, their movie character and why that person would beat the other one in a cage match. And then we would follow up with that with, you know, like, recommendations for the week. It was just too much. And we were just, you know, we couldn't decide whether we were a filmmaking podcast or a movie review podcast or a movie news podcast and it was just so much noise I think and I think that's what what you said is important it's kind of like trying to narrow down what you really want to talk about and really focus on that one thing and make that one thing as good as you possibly can be yeah absolutely um you know uh yeah just to go in a little bit background uh the original idea for script to stream because uh we're trying to promote a uh, screenwriting group or uh, for, you know, uh, just to, to act as a resource for screenwriters, you know, whether you're just starting out or you need uh, some advice or consulting, what, what have you, that sort of thing. So the original idea was that we would read the scripts of, of films that were, you know, sort of 
hot at the moment, uh, you know, wh- whether that's the latest uh, superhero movie or something like that, or or something, you know, uh, just something that was the, that's peaked, uh, that's right in the uh, public awareness at the moment. But uh, uh, we found out sort of that's a lot of work to read a uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, feature length script and then to come in sort of with uh, your with your thoughts on the script. And, you know, it, it would be interesting because you know sometimes a shooting script is very different than what uh, the final product turns out, and I. I do want to kind of do that, but at the same time, I figure sort of the more loose uh, sort of, hey, we're just having a conversation. About, uh, we're just having a conversation about the latest Netflix release or the the latest Marvel movie or something like that is better. Just to try to uh, try trying to find, yeah, uh, just trying to find what how to create your audience and. Um, and we have uh, we do different type of uh, podcasts on sort of uh, favorite movies of a certain genre, like we did uh, our favorite horror movies, which uh, went on for a while. Yeah, uh, we went on for like three hours on that. That's a that's a good old three parter right there, because we're big horror movie fans. So uh, yeah, we do uh, you know we can do several groupings of movies too that uh, sort of so we can talk about multiple different uh, sort of movies across different eras and genres or what have you. So yeah, yeah you've done some yeah. long ones with like Candyman and Halloween. Like those are pushing two hours, I think. We have a lot to talk about sometimes. Um, I get it. <laughs> I was I, I was it. in shock that we went uh, two hours on Army of. Uh, Army of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, I was in shock. I couldn't believe it that we went that long. <laughs> right. Uh, because to be quite like honest, it. I didn't have a lot to say about it. So it's mostly my co-host talking about, uh, you know, the, zomb- the zombie genre and, you know, sort of the uh, what that movie brought to it uh, differently. It sneaks up on you because I don't remember whether it was the last episode I recorded or the one before that, but... I said right in the beginning, this is going to be a short one. I'm not going to talk to you for like 25 minutes about this topic. And then I talked for 25 minutes about that topic. So it's like you think you always have the best intentions of keeping things brief, but also like who cares? Like you don't have like, you know, it's not like a TV schedule or a radio schedule. Like you're your own podcast. Like you can go as long as you want or as short as you want and and that's that's kind of cool. Are you a you're a fellow anchor boy? Do you uh, do you release your podcast through anchor? Absolutely. Anchor all the way. Yeah, nice, definitely. Yeah. There's, a, there's your free plug, Anchor. <laughs> Anchor's been great. Tell me about your setup. Like, how do you guys usually record? You're not in the, all in the same room, right? You guys do like a probably like a Zoom recording? Oh, yeah, we do Zoom. Uh, yeah, we um, we sort of decide uh, beforehand whether, you know, during the week, uh, sort of uh, by Wednesday, we kind of lock down, okay, are we going to meet uh uh, you know, uh, this Sunday in order to record and then uh, yes. And then on what, and then, yeah, we sort of lock it down and then uh, we meet Sunday. Uh, we record then I take the uh, audio from zoom. I put it through sort of uh, Adobe audition in order to clean up a little bit here and there. Yeah. Then, yeah, as you said, anchor is just such a great uh, resource uh, because going in, I had little idea of how to, um, I knew how to make an audio file. I mean, I knew how to like, uh, you know, scrub audio in order to clean out, uh, you know, the, the pops and hisses and all that. But I had no idea how to like put it on Spotify, put it on any other the podcasting platforms. But, uh, you know, thankfully Anchor was there as a, as, you know, just, just not acting as, as another additional plug for them. But yeah, you know, they, <laughs> right. they were, it was a great uh, resource for someone just starting out. And yeah, I mean, it's great that they offer, you know, uh, you can advertise for them and you can receive a little bit of uh a little bit of dough on your side in order on your end in order to help with compensation. Did you ever get into Levelator yet? Do you know what Levelator is? I do not. Le- Levelator mm-hmm. has been a lifesaver for me. Uh, so 
there's this program called Levelator. You can download it. It's free. I don't know if you've ever had an episode because I've had two so far in which I was either significantly louder than my guest or they were significantly louder. And I try to watch the levels as we're doing it. As I talk right now, I'm watching the levels and I can kind of see where they are. But sometimes things just get out of hand and someone is much louder than somebody else. And Levelator, you drop the file in and it just, it it makes all the different audio sources the same volume. So if somebody likes to scream for some reason, somebody else is like really, you know, introspective and quiet, it's going to balance it all out. And it does it pretty quickly. And it's been like a lifesaver for me because there was an episode I did with uh, Chris Ranos, who's a, a special effects master, I'll say. And our audio was so different. I'm like, I don't know if I could save this. I'm going to have to go through line by line trying to bring audio up or down. It will take hours. And I was just able to drop it in Levelator and did all the work for me. So I, I think that's kind of cool as well. And I like telling people about it because there's always these little secrets that, that people who podcast can tell each other because I haven't done it in so many years. I'm sure there's something that you've done in the course of script to screen that would help me. I, not that I'm going to make you think of it right now, but there's always those like those things that make it easier to do because podcasting is very, I don't think people realize how, how hard it is. It's not like you turn the microphone on, you say what you want, you turn it off and you upload it. Like there's a lot of planning that goes into it. There's a lot of editing after the fact. There's a lot of marketing that goes into it, obviously. You know, it's not my favorite thing. I don't like to push things on people, but, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into podcasts. Like the work that goes into podcasts can be, I don't want to say like immeasurable, but it, it can be stressful sometimes. Do you ever feel like, I have no desire to put out an episode this week. I need another week. Do I need time? Do you ever have to force it? Like, what's your experience with the burnout phase of podcasting. Do you have a burnout phase with podcasting? Well, before that, uh, well, thank you for the uh, level later uh, recommendation. Uh, yeah, uh, I actually had a recent podcast where, yeah, I had to play with the levels all around and uh, with, um, with, a, um, with, with a guest that we had uh, because her mic wasn't exactly what uh, wasn't exactly great. But so thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely check it out. But yeah, uh, podcast burnout, definitely hear you on that, especially during well, most recently during the holidays, because yeah, it's just hard to, Sit at a desk, plop down, uh, listen to re-listen re to an audio track that you recorded, uh, you know, a few days ago or a week ago in some cases, in order just to make sure that everything like uh, sounds exactly how it sounded when you recorded. Uh, make sure that there's no, yeah, there, there's no bad levels, there's no peaking or anything like that. Uh, make sure that you try to at least trim down the pauses a little bit. Uh, I like to actually keep in the pauses personally, uh, some of the time, uh, short pauses. Yeah. Uh, just so that it's not just a complete, just stream of conscious, like uh, all throughout. So maybe uh, the listener gets a little bit of time to uh, sort of uh, take in every, every word that we've said. But yeah, definitely. I've, I've definitely had, you know, luckily I, you know, the, we don't, I don't really have any pressure per se. It's just my own personal sort of regard for it because I do want to get this out there. I do what, because it's, it's not just me, you know, uh, bantering about movies. It's uh, it's me with talking with other people, and it's promoting uh, the screenwriting group. So yeah, it does. Uh, there is a little bit of pressure there, but uh, yeah, just sometimes I'm just like, you know, this could. Uh, I, I could uh, space out the episodes a little bit more than uh, <laughs> right. uh, give me a, so just to give me a little bit of time to uh, to decompress in between uh, you know staring at 
staring at the audio file for, you know, hours on end and listening to it. Sure. No, that makes sense. I mean, for me, I, I just took a two week break for the holidays because I mean, I'm busy working. I'm a photographer and videographer. So, you know, that's my job. That's, that's what I do with my life. And you know, that, that gets busy and then the holidays are coming up and I committed to putting out a podcast every Friday morning and it's kind of like that pressure to get things done and those deadlines and, and all of that. So I, I just think like, you know, I have a lot of fun with it. I think the one thing that I need to, or I want to focus on in 2022 is like, enjoy it more. You know, I, I always put so much pressure on myself to like, get these things out and make sure the audience really enjoys them. Where do you see your podcast going this year? Like, do you have any specific goals? One year from right now, where do you think your podcast will be? Do you think it's going to sound the same? Do you think it's going to like, you know, morph into something else? Like, where do you see it all going? Just, uh, I mean, as always with anybody, anybody podcasting is just growing their audience, trying to find new ways of doing so, you know, right now I only use uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram really in order to promote it. But yeah, I can look into other avenues, uh, other platforms in order to do so. That actually aids in the burnout a little bit because then yeah. you have to, uh, you have to do a post on Facebook and then you have to move that over to Twitter and then you have to get the pictures sent over, uh, transfer it over to Instagram. And then, yeah, there's a whole, whole process there. And then uh, I'm all on my lonesome doing that on that end. But um, yeah, I've, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to set too many like huge lofty goals for it because again, this is uh, more for fun at the moment. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Just trying to find uh, new creative ways, whether that's even uh, putting it on another podcasting platform to expand out to see if uh, there's an audience there for it, because right now I'm uh, script to screen is uh, script to screen is on anchor Spotify and Apple. Uh, those are the two top platforms, but there's several others that I could list, but those are the main ones. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe there's another uh, platform for it in the future. Now you're a filmmaker as well. And, you know, in addition, like you said earlier, uh, the script writing group, uh, your podcast, you're very centered around film, but you're a filmmaker. And I want to talk about this just a little bit. You know, how did that start? I mean, you're from Chicago originally. We talked about Boston before, but you're, orig you're originally from Chicago, right? You're, you're from that area. I don't know what brought you to Boston. I think I did, but don't remember anymore. Northern suburbs of Chicago. Yes. Uh, the Grays Lake, good old Grays Lake, uh, uh, region, uh, sort of, uh, we moved around a lot as a family throughout that sort of right in between, uh, Chicago and Milwaukee, in fact. So yeah, uh, but yeah, Chicago rounding up that's, let's just say, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll go. The furthest but, uh, north I know is, is Evanston, Illinois. That's as, that's as far Evanston, north. Yep. Maybe Evanston is uh, northeast. Yep. Northeast. Yep. Uh, northwestern. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, get, no, I was messed up. I do yep. that all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how did the filmmaking come along then? Was that something that you were doing in Illinois or did you do that after your move to Boston? Way after I moved to Boston. In fact, um, way after I went to college up in uh, upstate New York, Troy uh, Schenectady region, your, your, uh, your region. Oh yeah. In fact. That's right. uh, and then, um, yeah, I was just studying engineering at the at the time, but uh, I sort of discovered uh, Upstate Independence, uh, which I'm sure you are. Uh, I, I was a member. Yeah, yeah, you were a member. Yeah, you were a member. And um, after a few meetings, I was completely hooked. I was com I just wanted to be a part of this sort of independent uh, filmmaking community in some way or form. But of course, I discovered it uh, my senior year of um, uh, mm. of going to RPI. So it was uh, it was it was difficult. 
sort of uh, maintaining sort of contact with them. So uh, I, I moved back to Boston afterwards. I wanted to just try and start my own sort of uh, upstate independence in Boston because I feel that there, is, you know, that Boston does have, you know, the potential to be a very good like filmmaking town. You know, there are the big names, of course, uh, you have your Afflecks, your Wahlbergs, your Damons and everything. Um, if they want to greenlight a movie here, of course, that gets greenlit, you know, uh, the next day. But um, I think there, there, there definitely is a good hardy uh, independent film scene that definitely can uh, benefit from some sort of uh, networking platform that brings everyone together, that uh, lets everyone informed of what the current projects are going on, you know, that's in our, uh, so other people can latch on to help out, consult, or just uh, full on just join whatever uh, project is going on currently. And yeah, that's essentially what I've been trying to do with the screenwriting group for the last since I became a co-organizer six, seven years ago, the uh, the heart of the the heart of it is always going to be the screenwriters because uh, I feel that story is king. If you don't have if you don't have a good script, like they, then there's you're really wasting a lot of people's time. The script you really need to have uh, an idea of what uh, you know uh, beforehand. Uh, you know before you you know you start getting locations, before you start uh, casting, before you start any sort of pre-production, you need to have a script, you need to have an idea of what the story, what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, when you're going to say it. And that is essentially like, uh, it's one of the most important aspects that unfortunately I feel sometimes gets looked over in production. It's just making sure the script is sound, making sure it makes sense and making sure that you're playing the right beats when you, uh, you know, when you, uh, when you start bringing in the talent and when you start bringing in everybody to sort of uh, start filming, like, uh, and, uh, but, uh, and hopefully that's uh, the screenwriting group will expand out uh, to other uh, avenues. And uh, that's one of the goals of the new year. What about making a movie? Do you think that maybe this year could be a goal to make a new movie or is that something that's kind of on the back burner for you right now? I definitely want to make another movie because uh, I finished uh uh, I finished photographing a, uh, a nice uh, little uh, horror short up in New Hampshire, in fact, uh, last fall, uh, which went great. Uh, it, was, it was a perfect location, great cast, uh, great story. It actually went through the uh, Boston Screenwriters Group, in fact. So that's actually oh, my, nice. that's how I kind of uh, fell into that uh, with uh, sort of being becoming the director of photography on that project. Uh, and I just want to, I want to do that all the time. I want to be on set just sort of all the time because that's just such a, it's such a thrill making it. I mean, it's hard work. It's, um, it's unbelievably hard work, but it's, it's so rewarding uh, when you get it right. And, uh, you know, and right now that I'm helping with the edit, it's just such a joy seeing this all, all come together, uh, you know, in the final stages. Do you ever feel satisfied with your work? I'm looking at a picture of you and I right now on a film set years ago, Thin Walls, 2016. And actually, Katrina Chamberlain was on this podcast and we talked about it. How everything built up really well with that film and then the ending just fell so flat that everybody hated it. And um, it still had a lot of views, but I always look back at that movie and I'm like, I really liked the movie, but there's that sour taste in my mouth because of how it ended and how people just really couldn't get into it at all because of that ending. Do you ever feel that way about your projects or do you ever like walk away? Like that was the one, like this one's so good. Like this is done. I feel good about it. What is your feeling when you release a project into the world? So I've done a few uh, Boston 48 hour projects, you know, where you come in and uh, you're given a genre, a prop, a character, line of dialogue. 
and you have to fit it all into a script that runs anywhere under seven minutes, a minimum of five minutes or something like that. You know, it's it's a thrill, you know, that weekend, especially Saturday when you're just doing all day filming, it's a thrill. Some of the time, you know, you didn't have time to iron out the details in the, uh, in the script or you didn't have time to lock down a good location or anything like that, what have you. And uh, every single time when I submit, when I submit it to uh, the organizers of the Boston 48, I always feel like I, I left something on the table. I left something that could have been improved uh, greatly. And uh, uh I wish we did better in the competition some uh, some years. Uh, I definitely thought last year we had a good one, but uh, uh, you know it wasn't to be. But um, sort of my own uh, sort of uh, uh, project on I put on myself. I go back and I edit it and I put in you know better special effects or, or better sound or better editing or music actually in order just to improve it. And then that's actually what I put on YouTube or my own Vimeo page in order to. Uh, see, this is like the best version of what that could have been if had I been given, you know, mm-hmm. five hours more or 10 hours more or what have you or or, any, or anything like that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just sort of a nice little exercise for myself, just seeing like, okay, I we had all the ingredients, but I just needed either another person to help with the editing or a composer or anything like that in order to just bring it to the the, the the best possible uh, version of what it could have been. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of what could have been in that, but I think that, yeah, there's a lot of just exercising, you know, your creativity in order to make sure that, you know, you, you got this for the next time. 48 hour film festivals seem terrifying to me because I don't have any ideas that quickly. And it's very fast (laughs) for a movie to go from the initial idea to, you know, saying, all right, it's in the can and done. How terrifying is the that forty eight hours? Do you ever have the fear that you're not going to finish in time? Every every one, yeah. I mean, every single time, uh, especially the Saturday when you're, uh, you know, you when you're quote unquote only supposed to be filming and then uh, spend the rest of the weekend Saturday just editing. I mean, I, I love the Boston forty eight, but uh, yeah, you need a uh, uh, you need a week afterwards to decompress from all the the uh, just uh, running around and all of the. Uh, all the scheduling decisions you have to make on the fly in order to get this uh, at the deadline, uh, usually uh, Sunday night at around seven. But yeah, it's uh, as I, I but I but I said at the when I started talking about it, it's a thrill. Um, it's definitely something that uh, if you can bring enough people that you like together, it is a great experience. Uh, but of course, it's not for every. It's not for everybody. Uh, some people aren't able to finish on time, but the, the you know they still submit something in order to you know show that uh, it wasn't a complete waste of time, even though it's out of competition. Yeah, if you can find the right team, like uh, I have, thankfully, the last few years, uh, if you find a good team, a good uh, range of actors in order that can pull it off in a good uh, writing room, uh, you know, that uh, basically spends all of uh, Friday night into Saturday morning uh, typing up a script. Yeah, it, uh, it can be fun. But just like any, you know, um, regular film shoot, uh, it's just a condensed film shoot, basically. Uh, where any you know any single problem is kind of magnified because of the extreme hard deadline but you know it's uh that's you know that's filmmaking (laughs) sure of course now you probably have a lot of different places that people can find your work but let's say I'm i'm a listener right now and i'm hearing you for the first time where can i find more about you your films the boston screenwriters group the podcast give it all to me 
JC. I want I want to know about all of it. <laughs> Where can we find more about what you're doing and what you're up to? Oh boy. Okay. So let's see here. So I'll promote the screenwriting group again because I think that's my main claim to fame. Uh, so we're on Meetup, Meetup.com. Just type in Boston Screenwriters Group. I'm sure I th- we're pretty sh- I'm pretty sure we're the only ones. So in we're there. It was uh, founded by Deborah Shreef. I want to make sure I, I name drop her in order to make sure that uh, the founder's name gets out there. Co-organized by myself and uh, Kenyatta Hoskins, uh, and uh, we meet every uh, two weeks Saturday and every two weeks uh, Tuesday nights. Uh, we try to keep that as regular as possible. Log in with us to then. And as for myself, uh, I have my own YouTube channel. You can check me out on uh, Jeffrey Chang Stewart. I put post most of those uh, Boston 48, uh, you know, finalized version, quote unquote, on there. I have my own Vimeo. I think it's also the same, Jeffrey Chang Stewart. So you can ch- try to look for me there. I think that's it. I mean, you can try to find me on uh, Twitter. I have some thoughts sometimes, uh, some of them good, some of them bad, but you know. <laughs> don't we all? Uh, don't we all? But uh, yeah. I'm on the feeds. I'm on the feeds if you look hard enough. One last question, and maybe the most important question of the entire episode. You're a Chicago Cubs fan. What's going to happen in 2022 with the Chicago Cubs? Let's not talk about the Cubs. Let's talk about the Chicago Sox. <laughs> okay, um, let's do that. Let's talk about the Sox instead. I think the Sox will do fairly well. I, I'm hoping they make it out of the first round at the, by playoffs next year. Yeah, I I am, uh, I, I am shifting my loyalties to the other Chicago team because I... I disagree with the ownership's uh, sort of methodology. Let's put it that way. I'm getting a little antsy with uh, championships going to the Windy City. It's been a, it's been a good uh, hot five years since a, a, a championship to, for me to cheer for uh, has happened. So I'm waiting for that uh, team to sort of uh, break through. Thanks to JC for coming on. You know, Niche, we, we, we talked about it again. We discussed it again. You start to see these themes repeat when you start to have guests on and and see that they've also had kind of the same thoughts about trying to narrow down what you do. Um, If you haven't listened to the episode about niche yet, go take a listen, but it's important to kind of narrow down what you do so you can become really, really, really good at something. And I think that's what, what JC's doing here. You know, obviously he has his, his irons and a lot of fires, you know, but he basically really focuses on one thing in each of his passion projects. So when he's doing this podcast, he wants to talk about the ins and outs of a particular movie. As a filmmaker, he has a very specific image and tone that he sets with all his movies and what he wants to accomplish. You know, he sticks within specific genres or specific feelings in his movies. So I think that that theme of niche, you can start to see a lot of people think about this and and why it's important. So I'd like to see these themes that I brought up in earlier episodes start to come out when I talk to our guests. And as long as people keep listening to the functional creative, I'm going to keep doing it. Tell your grandmother about it. I think your grandmother, if, if you have any living grandmothers, I think that I think they'd really like the functional creative. So let them know about it and make sure that you visit, you know, make sure that you visit your grandparents. If you're, if you're hearing this, if they're still alive, Take some time to visit. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, Next week, I want to discuss imposter syndrome because we all experience imposter syndrome. I experience imposter syndrome. I've been doing photography for a number of years. I've been a filmmaker for 18 years now. 18 years is a long time to do something. And I've been doing it for 18 years, and I have massive 
massive imposter syndrome when I step into a new situation or I'm making a video for a new client where I feel like I'm, I'm pretending to be a filmmaker. And that's not true. I am a filmmaker. But sometimes you just don't feel like you are what you are. Sometimes you feel like you're dressed up as something. <laughs> you know, you're dressed up as a photographer. You're dressed up as a wedding planner. Or you're dressed up as a musician. A lot of people feel it. If you have any thoughts about imposter syndrome, you can send us a message on Instagram at The Functional Creative. Give us a follow on there. It'll be a lot of fun to, to connect. And I want to read more of your messages on this podcast throughout the year. I want this to be more interactive. This is your podcast. You're The Functional Creative, right? I'm just some guy that's, uh, that's telling you some things that he's learned over the last 18 years. But, you know, you're the creative that's making it happen. And I'm really looking forward to being able to... I say that a lot. I'm looking forward to it, but I am. I am. I'm looking forward to being able to help creatives grow and thrive this year. And I'm in the same situation that a lot of you are in, right? I have something that I'm passionate about. I want to move it forwards. And I love to be able to connect and share ideas and how we can make it happen for our crafts going forward. So definitely connect with us on Instagram and I'll see you next week right here. Episode 11 imposter syndrome on the functional creative.